Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Tom Wells here. Today is Friday, October the 5th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, your first daily dose of happy for this beautiful Friday. And uh, Tom and I were comparing notes before the show about what's going on with fall foliage and the change of color, change of scenery and so forth. And uh, Tom, you were telling me that the... Uh, the aspen trees are, are changing out there. We haven't hardly seen any here. I mean, we're scheduled to have it, and it's supposed to be a beautiful year, a particularly brilliant year for color, but it hasn't mm. started. It's all happening late this year. So, I mean, I look outside my window, and I see green, 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 and little tiny bits of yellow. That's all. You're telling me, well, mm. it's already passed in your area. <laughs> That's pretty well, wild. Well, it's passed <laughs> up in the, higher, in the high country. In the high and, country, uh, yeah. I, Maybe even at like 8,000 feet, but down here at uh, a mile high, it's just all beginning, and the I, the two aspen trees in my front yard haven't even begun. But a lot of the a lot of the cottonwoods and locusts and other types of trees have uh, begun. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it shows that nature has its own rhythms and such. And and like I said, they were predicting it for New England that it was going to be late this year, and sure enough, it is late. <laughs> but uh, apparently, we should start seeing some color this weekend, and I guess next weekend, a week from this weekend is when we'll have the peak. So I'm looking forward to oh, getting out Oh, it's that it. fast? Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. It's, the it, peak, it, it's and even, it hasn't even started. No, it hasn't even started. So no. this is usually like a two-week thing then. Two to three yeah. weeks, yeah. That's about what it That's is. It. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't realize it was that short. Yeah. The peak period usually lasts about a week. And, wow. Uh, yeah. But it's cool. Mm. It's fun. And when, it, when it's at peak, it's month. gorgeous. Oh, my God. It's gorgeous when it's, when it's at yeah, peak. Yeah, no, I've been there. I used to live in Rhode Island and Massachusetts and New York. And oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I lived in all those states just for a year each or so, but it was pretty nice. What, what, when you were in Massachusetts, you probably had your best chance. Well, it depends where you were in New York. Because if you were in upstate New York, like in the Adirondacks, you would have seen some brilliant color. Uh, but Massachusetts would also have yeah. some brilliant color, too. Yeah, so I remember some in Rhode Island, too, it seems like. Rhode Island would get some, yep. yep. I wasn't there for a year, yeah, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Anyway, I just remember driving through these forests on these dirt roads, and just it was in just orgasm. Oh, yeah, it's amazing how brilliant the colors are, because there's so many <laughs> yeah. of them. That, that's what's so cool about yeah. New England color, because, I mean, most areas of the country get, you know, the, the yellows and maybe uh, some reds and some oranges, but we get the, the full spectrum. We get purples, we get blues, we oh, get greens, yeah. we get yellows, we wow. get indigos, we get everything. I mean, it's just amazing wow. the, the different colors we get. So wow. We get the Those entire rainbow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great. It's really good. It's like uh, yeah. it's like a uh, nature's paintbrush or something like that. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I love that. So, how you been? I mean, I haven't talked to you in a week, but I hope things have been going two well weeks. for you. Two weeks. Two oh, weeks. two weeks. That's right. Yeah, because uh, last week, uh, Louise and I were down in North Carolina for our niece's yeah. wedding. So, yeah, we didn't get a chance to talk, did we? Yeah. Yeah. So, my entire life's changed. I'm an entirely different person. Oh, what's your name um, now? Griselda <laughs> <laughs> Thurmer. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not really. <laughs> Uh, I should change it though, because Tom Wells is so boring. That's like, come on. Ah, no, that's a good name for building up a <laughs> speaking career. I mean, if you if you're going to be choose between being introduced as what was it, Griselda? What was it? And and Griselda Thurmer. Griselda Thurmer and Tom Wells. Which one's going to be a better name to be introduced? <laughs> Tom Wells is definitely going to be well, better. You know? I think everybody would remember Griselda. <laughs> Well, unusual. It's very unusual. <laughs> I that, hope we're not offending anybody named Griselda because we're, it's just a fine name. <laughs> Absolutely. 
So today's topic, controlling your life versus letting it unfold naturally, is a great topic because I think most of us, even though we are trying to apply the law of attraction in our lives and learning how to be deliberate creators, we still want to micromanage it. And we do so because we have learned all of our lives that we're the doers. We have to do in order to get somewhere. So controlling your life, that seems like the natural way to go, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I was really asking like, how much, how much do you strive for it? Do you, uh, take it as something you have to carefully control and work on diligently and, um, constantly be engaging your mind and envisioning what you want and anticipating what you want. And, and then, you know, there's a host of techniques out there, as you were telling me one before the mm-hmm. podcast began today that you and, um, Joel are working on. And, right. And that's what the biggest question that I have in this podcast is, well, how much do we do? We, is it in imperative or important or a good idea to do that kind of stuff? And how much does somehow life work in a different way? And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm no, I don't really know the answer, which is why I put it out there. I'm, I'm tending more towards the side these days of letting, um, you know, this thing that I call divine arrangement take care of everything in other words um all i do is i as i take care of the things that would stand between me and having that thing having that natural flow of noticing it allowing it letting myself be a recipient of it and um and just sort of like dissipating those things and then just seeing is it is it all orchestrated by something that knows exactly how growth takes place. It knows exactly how to expand my consciousness, knows exactly how to give me the things I need. And I don't have to do a lot of um, manipulating. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do a lot of planning and working hard at it, striving to have it happen and being really attentive. I just need to enjoy my life and um, get the things out of the way that are in the way, which are usually it's all based on feelings, on emotion. This is true. Because it's a vibration. It's a vibratory life. And if if I'm vibrating with my natural state of being, my natural state of being will allow all this good to come to me. But if there's vibrations in there that are fearful, that are overly angry, that are overly um, sad, you know, overly depressed, disappointed, whatever, then those things will bring me more of of that resultant results, Mm -hmm. those manifestations. So what do you think, Walt? Well, I think before we get any deeper into the topic, I want to get a couple of uh, promos out of the way. First one is, and these these are the ones we do every day, but uh, first one, if you're not yet a subscriber, please become one. Um, Chances are, if you're listening to us already on your smartphone, you already have seen the subscribe button, so all all you have to do is just press it and you're done. But just in case you don't really know how to do it, not technically savvy or whatever, no problem. Just go to the homepage of our website at LOAToday.net, and all the instructions about how to do it are right there, broken down by whether you're using an iPhone or an Android or a tablet or whatever. And uh, then once you've done that, then all of our episodes stream automatically to your phone every single day and uh, every time that we put out a new one, which is 11 times a week, and then you never miss an episode. And you want to make sure you're getting all the episodes because that's how you keep increasing your own level of happiness every day by listening to LOA Today. And then the second promo is we want people to continue the practice that they we've been asking them to do for the last three months or so that has been really, really effective, Tom. I mean, incredibly mm-hmm. effective. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in just putting out there on your social media channels that you're listening to LOAToday.net. Because when you say that in, in whatever form that you say it, it is getting out into other people's hands. They are finding the program. They are finding the podcast. And they are also getting their daily doses of happy. And, I mean, it's my dream that we put this program into the hands of millions so that we are helping millions of people feel better every day, get into that better feeling place so they can attract the things that they really want into their lives. You can help us do that by continuing and even in a greater to a greater degree promoting helping promote the show just by talking about LOAToday.net. Um, and just to give you an idea of how far we've grown, Tom, this past mm-hmm. summer we were averaging about 80 to 90 plays per episode. We are now closing in on 250 per episode. That's how much growth there has been. Yeah. Wow. Real wow. something. So, so there can are. You, what, can ahead. you literally go in there and see the statistics yeah. on each episode? So yeah. you can. Okay. Yeah, I can see how many are listening to each one. How many, you know, basically a listen is where they download and play it. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I get, when I can, I can also tell that, uh, it was a different person who downloaded each one because everybody has a different IP address. And so mm-hmm. you combine that information together. And that's how I know that, like last month overall, um, our previous record for total number of y- unique listeners who are listening to more than one episode, perhaps, or maybe just listening to one episode in a month was something like 250. Last month we shattered that. We went to 332. So, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just really growing quickly. And it's all because mm-hmm. people are helping to share the word by simply posting on social media that they listen to LOAToday.net. So, mm-hmm. yeah, keep doing cool. it. Keep doing it, folks. It's okay. making a big difference. <laughs> and that, that's kind of a combination, awesome. isn't it? I mean, when we take it to the to the topic uh, that we're discussing today, controlling your life versus letting it unfold naturally, we're actually <laughs> doing both there. We're taking control by saying, please promote LOAToday.net. And then when you put it out there, we're letting the universe take over. So we're letting it happen naturally. We're doing both. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, that's what my question was in this podcast was, what's the balance for you? That's how mm. I started. The, you know. Right. Um, so somehow uh, I can't help but think that most of us have a, we tend to do both. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we tend to make effort and strive for things or envision things we want, whether we like it or not, we're envisioning things we want. I mean, as I know the uh, Abraham folks say you can't you can't help but ask you're naturally going to be asking all the time right <clears throat> just by your um knowing what you don't want right. then you automatically are asking for what you do want mm-hmm. yep it's true and in fact the uh the the tendency we have not that i can't call it tendency the pattern that we have of doing exactly that is what leads us to kind of getting a little confused at times about which way do we go? Do we deliberately act or do we just let things unfold naturally? I think the confusion comes on one very key point, and that is I think when we come into this life, we come into this life in order to enjoy it, to have fun, to really just live the abundant life, but mm-hmm. we get confused by the teachings that we get from parents and teachers and siblings and friends and so forth and, and uh uh, I was really reading about this a lot in the thing that you referenced that Joel and I have been exploring. It's actually a book mm-hmm. that he shared with me, um, and I don't have the book here, so I, I'm trying to remember exactly what the title is. I think the title is something like Success is Not an Accident. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one of the key concepts in the book is that we, as young children, starting at around seven or eight, age seven or eight, we start picking up uncritically what 
all of our people around us are telling us. And we start adopting yeah. it into our, our thought processes. Uh -huh. And that pattern gets established for a lifetime until we change it. And it gets established um, in the words of the author, author through the subconscious mind. Now, he's using the term subconscious because he's a hypnotherapist. He, that, he was a mm -hmm. professional hypnotherapist who created this whole method that he teaches back in the 1980s. And it has proven over the years to be very, very successful. But it, and, and we'll be uh, Joel and I are actually going to be doing a more complete show on it starting uh, this coming Thursday, and we'll be doing a mm. number of shows afterward. And we're actually mm -hmm. going to provide an app for it too, if we can get enough people to uh, agree to put up a couple bucks to um, pay for the app, because it takes <laughs> takes some money to build apps these days. But um, mm. the point is that when you use this particular process, you're reprogramming everything that uh, was taught to you when you were young and that you you built into your mind that are creating limitations for you today. In other words, it cl helps clear those limitations. You were talking a few minutes ago about you know how do you get that negative thinking out of the way that you're having trouble getting out of the way. And that seems to be the beauty of this particular process called the mental bank process um, that mm -hmm. we're going to be uh, presenting more information on. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, I just started it yesterday, Tom, and wow. you, you do it, it, it takes like five minutes, you do it just before you go to bed, and in the book, the author oh, just said, five minutes. just five minutes, yes, real quick, um, in the book, the author describes how when you first start, you may find yourself waking up in the middle of the night with your mind going crazy, and the reason that happens is it's in the middle of being reprogrammed, so, um, I mean, sleep is where where our mind is is. You know, throwing out the stuff it doesn't need anymore, usually in the form of dreams, um, reassembling and, and gathering in the new information that it, that it's decided to start adding to its mental bank, so to speak. And mm -hmm. that's what happened to me last night. I mean, I woke up, oh, like three or four hours before the podcast and I was awake and my mind was buzzing with all kinds of possibilities mm -hmm. for how do we get up to my, this has been my big goal, getting to 10,000 listeners, you know, as, uh -huh. the as the next threshold to get to because that to me means we're really, really becoming mainstream now. And my mind was just ablaze with ideas. Now, and now I've been struggling with this for like weeks, trying to figure out how do I do it, you know, and, and asking for inspiration and so forth and getting little bits and pieces here or there, but nothing really big. And then all of a sudden last night, boom, yeah. after one night of doing this thing. <laughs> Did you, know? you start writing down, writing down all your ideas? I, I, I couldn't get up half, you know, in time to, to write them all down. They were, they were flowing so quickly. Oh, I mean, wow. mainly I just lay there trying to, you know, retain them <laughs> just say yeah, okay right. so what was that one <laughs> what was that idea that just flew through my mind <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. yeah so i'm, I'm so really good. curious i'm curious to see how this is going to work going forward i mean after one night that's a pretty big response that's all i can say yeah well you know this whole question comes down what what did you feel as it was happening what were you feeling were you feeling excitement and joy and what uh, well to be honest i was feeling tired <laughs> Because <laughs> I hadn't gotten a full well, night's sleep. That. <laughs> that was the predominant feeling, honestly. Um, yeah. Beyond that, yeah. it was, I, I don't think I really had time to have an emotional reaction that I could identify. It was more mm -hmm. like, oh my God, this is happening so fast. How do I get a handle on it? Yeah. Um, now this morning, after I got up, and I've been up for a while and I actually wrote Joel something based on um, a, like a proposal of, okay, here's how I think we should do it going forward. Once I got that written, I felt pretty good. So, mm -hmm. I mean, like to, to what your point was, you know, did I get up and write it down? I eventually did get it written down. And once I wrote it down and sent it to Joel, I felt a lot better. So well, I, I would I'd say, say that I'd say in that sense it was good. Yeah. Was based feeling. on all the enthusiasm you have right now, that's, yeah. that's feeling, you know, and yeah. so if you, 
ride the crest of those feelings. You can't help but exactly. seemingly you, you would think you couldn't help but succeed. Now, the reason that I asked the question about feelings is because that's my big pet project these days. Mm. Is, uh, you know, as you know, the last like five or six or what eight podcasts I've done have been about feelings, essentially, you know, about what it means to be in your heart versus being in your head. What does right. it mean to really be in touch with feelings and how much were feelings programmed into us at very early impressionable ages, um, even when we were in the womb uh, or at our birth or mm-hmm. when we were one or two or three or four, you know, that we don't even remember. Um, and so how much are those things affecting us now? And, you know, my dominant belief right now is that there is such a thing as the subconscious in a sense, mm-hmm. and that that subconscious is um, highly affecting everything. And no matter how much we manipulate, this is why I asked the question in the podcast, no matter how much we manipulate our thoughts without the attendant transformation of the inner feelings that were programmed in there at very early ages, um, we, I, I don't see change happening in my life and in the lives of my clients so much without addressing the deeper underlying emotions. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And in fact, uh, that's actually a point made by the author. The author's name is Dr. John Kappas. And uh, Hmm. Kappas, uh, I think he's got a whole chapter on it, actually. He talked about how um, there are so many positive thinking courses. Now, this is back in the 1980s. You know, so it, 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 that's when the book's from, that's when the book is from, right. And that's when a lot of the stories are from. So it is a little dated in that sense. And yet it's going to sound really familiar to us today. There were, there were a lot of, that was like the, uh, when, when Tony Robbins was, was on the ascendancy. Oh, it was big in the eighties. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that was going on. A lot of people were presenting positive thinking stuff and, as a result of that, people were, you know, saying, oh, well, we've had this big breakthrough and so forth. But when you looked at it more closely, you found that the breakthroughs weren't sticking. In fact, he even tells a story about one particular teacher. He didn't name who the teacher was, who had made it a point to create what he called a breakthrough seminar, I think it was, or a workshop, something uh-huh. like that. And then uh-huh. as you're going through the workshop, you know, if you, if you find yourself having a breakthrough, you would jump up and shout breakthrough. And, and, you know, so, it. so periodically there'd be people jumping up left and right, jump, you know, shouting breakthrough, breakthrough. And Sounds like whack-a-mole. Yeah. Whack-a-mole. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, uh, he said when, when there was follow-up to the, the workshops and, and particularly with the people who had, um, shouted out breakthrough during the, the seminar there, whatever breakthroughs they had didn't last very long. They were usually, hmm. the, the, there was like a, a short-term surge of, of, of help, of benefit, and then they went away. And in many cases, the people who were jumping up and shouting breakthrough were doing so because they didn't want to be left out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right. I did it too. I did it too, yeah. Everybody wants to be part of the I did it too thing. Well, you know, that it kind of shows the weakness that's involved that you're you're addressing very directly, which is... You know, it's not enough to think positively. Not that thinking positively is bad. It's just not enough because that alone won't make it stick. And, and you're right. I'm not sure what the subconscious mind is, but there is something there deep down that we've all experienced and many of us continue to experience that we can just tell it's in the way. It's blocking us from doing the kind of attraction we really want to do. It's blocking us from having the kind of belief we really want to have uh, in our lives. And that 
whether it's, what do you call the subconscious mind or whatever you call it, whatever else, it is very evidently there. I mean, we can feel it, right? Yeah, and it seems like it's a combination of things. I mean, when people talk about the subconscious that, you know, I listened to some of that stuff yesterday and they were, you know, talking about the subconscious as this thing that is really orchestrating everything, almost like that it's source. Um, that's the thing behind the scenes that, you know, that your conscious mind does. They were even giving statistics as such, it was as if such a thing could really be done that the conscious mind does about um, less than 5% of everything that happens in our life is actually controlled by our conscious mind doing things. And 95, and some say 99.999% of everything <laughs> is controlled by the subconscious, which is this, you can imagine this, um, this powerful engine that's really driving everything. It's this intelligent source. It's almost like they're describing it as source itself. Mm. Um, and yet also they describe it as, you know, these feelings that were locked in there. Maybe you had a traumatic event that happened when you were one year old. You don't remember it. Um, and yet it's been affecting you the whole rest of your life. And until you somehow reconcile those feelings and, and process them and integrate them, they're going to keep on affecting the way that your life goes, you know, whether you like it or not, uh, because it's this highly impressionable one-year-old that, that, that uh, made a decision somehow in their, you know, conscious and you know the newborns are actually conscious and that they are and even abraham talks about this that that's true you know and so that decisions are made based on things that happen to us in all kinds of stages of our life and then if that gives us a strong feeling around it that that feeling until it's reconciled and processed and owned and appreciated and allowed to be it'll keep on asserting itself into our experience one way or the other and um, so that the best laid plans of mice and man are often foiled by these unconscious feelings. You know, they're sort of like just there. And so my work right now in my coaching is going entirely towards working on these feelings because, um, you know, like Abraham talks about, well, if you have these old pipes that are in there that are, you know, been, and they're no longer, you don't feel like you can function on the old pipes that you've, that have been laid in your life from, long ago that you can just lay new pipes over them. Just, mm. you know, make new affirmations, make, make new intentions of, of uh, what you want to have happen. And those new intentions will develop a momentum that will allow the old, um, the old um, feelings and the old thoughts to dissipate and they'll no longer be there bothering you. So that's the question, you know, like, so, cause a person could literally stay confused about this. It seems to me for a long time, they could go back and forth. You know, they can oh, make yeah. a whole bunch of efforts to be um, doing positive affirmations and visualizations and writing in their appreciation journal and doing focus wheels and doing all the different processes. But will they get the results they want or will they keep coming back sort of to this set point that it's sort of like a person trying to lose weight, right? And they, yeah, <clears throat> I know I've been that way ever since I was seven. I acquired this certain amount of fat around my waist. Well, I'm sitting here today at turning 70 this year, and I still have that same amount of fat around my waist. Mm -hmm. And it's like that seven-year-old never got satisfied somehow as to why it had to have that amount of <laughs> of fat, you know. And right. and so I, I, I retain it my whole life, and I've fought it my whole life, which is very interesting. Mm. For 63 years, I have fought 
having that fat because I was embarrassed like crazy as a kid by my mother and others that why, why do you, why do you look different than the rest of us? Why do you have this fat? Right. And so even though if you looked at me, you wouldn't think I had anything, but it, what I do have is those same two inches, <laughs> two or three inches of like, nah, that's not perfect. You don't mm-hmm. look the way you're supposed to look. <laughs> yeah. Body image is big. It's very important. <laughs> yeah. No doubt about that. And if you don't have the one that you want, then yeah, you're, you're basically undermining yourself without even realizing it, perhaps. And that's, that's normal. That's what I think all of us tend to do. Whenever there's something that, you know, does, there's something about us that doesn't measure up where we beat ourselves up a little bit about it and we love ourselves a little bit less about it and then it persists. Yeah. Well, I, and I had my mom make fun of me, you know, or not make fun of me, but she, she actually got angry at me that I had it, you know, cause her son shouldn't have that, you know, cause oh she was always angry at herself for her extra weight that she carried. And so yeah. she fought continuously day in and day out to try to overcome it. But yet she sabotaged herself continually. So she was fighting her own emotional demons, you know, you might say her own emotional confusion around having her fat. And so she blamed me if when I had mine and yet she's the one that, you know, created all the rich foods that she kept putting (laughs) in front of her. There is that part. You kind of hard, kind of hard to ignore that part, isn't it? (laughs) Well, you're a little boy and you, you know, and I, and I actually think I used food to make myself feel better because I didn't want to, um, cause I hated school so mm-hmm. much. And she probably said, well, have another sweet roll. You have to go to school. Oh uh, yeah. I'll wrap it up for you. And, you know, right, <laughs> and right. so that became the way that I got bribed to. So that, know, that's another school. form of controlling your life, not necessarily an ideal kind, but fitting into the title. That is a form of controlling your life. Um, using substances. <laughs> well, well that, but also having a parent who bribed you. Who, oh, sure. Who's, you know, basically manipulating you into, uh, going to school, which you don't want to do by bribing you with sweets. Well, yeah. And our parents and teachers bribed us with all kinds of things. Oh, you yeah. Know, saying you will, I mean, the church was at that time telling me that I'll go to hell if I don't do things according to what they're telling me to do, you know, right. and you have to behave in these certain ways. And, and, you know, then it creates a sense of guilt and shame and blame if you're not living up to the standard that, uh, Baltimore Catechism was proclaiming and that my, the priests and the nuns at my Catholic school were proclaiming. And then my parents were reinforcing it at home. And then they had all their rules and regulations and expectations about how they thought I should, what I should do to succeed in life or to be a good person and all that. So there's all kinds of that stuff. And so are, are you, are we really free of it today or is it still, um, all kinds of vestiges of it lingering in there and, and how important is it to, to feel those feelings and, and somehow give them a, um, a voice in our life now so that they can finally be let go of. I mean, that's, that's how the whole theory of psychology works. You know, that if you finally give these feelings a voice that they're going to dissipate and they are going to go away and then you will be able to lay new pipes, <laughs> you know, like you'll be able to then take a new belief system. And, um, and really engage it because you're not going to be sabotaged by these old feelings coming up and creeping into your experience anymore. So based on what you're, we're talking about here about this idea that uh, we have these, uh, call them subconscious, uh, recordings, these tapes, whatever that are holding us back in one way or another it's tapes that we picked up over the years. Maybe we picked them up when we were young. 
starting with that idea, let's go back to your title, controlling your life versus letting it unfold naturally. And you ask the question, what's the balance point for you? I, I guess that question is now very specific. What's the balance point for you where um, your subconscious mind is concerned? How do you how do you decide to deal with uh, the need to reprogram what's in the con- subconscious mind? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm dealing with a whole lot of my life um, because I I've been working with law of attraction now for five years consistently and really um, trying to apply all the different things I'm learning and listening to hundreds of hours of Abraham. Um, I mean, I have a subscription to every single program and I would listen and listen and listen and listen and listen. Um, but I found that that's not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and applying all the different processes is not enough that mm-hmm. I have to do this emotional work. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But I do, um, you know, it's, it's, just, and yet it's not sorry at all. It's fantastic. And I'm really grateful that I evolved to that point because I feel like now I will, I do have the means now to liberate myself from, um, the routines that I've played on myself for so many years. Now, mm. will I still be doing work on changing beliefs like the, the process you're talking about where before I go to bed, I spend five minutes Writing, what was it that you're writing? Uh, all the. Oh, you're, you're basically taking inventory of what happened in your day that you did, what activities you did, and then giving yourself uh, a dollar value as a reward for having done them so that you develop a positive mm-hmm. association with each one instead of having a built in hidden negative association, either with, you know, earning money itself in large amounts or, or perhaps it was something like you, uh, you took a uh, you took some time off as a sort of a health break because you needed to work on your health some, and so you give yourself pay, so to speak, imaginary pay for having mm-hmm. taken the time to take care of your health, you know, uh-huh. or or perhaps you want to work on a relationship, so you pay yourself for taking some time to work on your relationship, or perhaps you want to uh, just figure out where you want to go next with your career, so you sit down and do some reading, and you pay yourself for doing some reading to decide, you know, get a better idea of what it is you want to do with your career. Or it's almost anything. It's whatever you're doing in your life that you want to improve in some way, something that you've had the experience of being held back on. And what you're Mm -hmm. trying to do is you're trying to rewrite whatever those tapes are, whatever those recordings are in your mental bank by replacing them with a, quote, deposit, unquote, that reinforces for you that, yes, you are entitled to an abundant life. Yes, you are entitled to feel good. Yes, you are entitled to – you don't have to be working yourself to the bone. You can take time to do things. You can enjoy life. Life is for enjoyment. It's it's basically putting in programming that says, I am entitled to enjoy life. And then mm-hmm. it, using that programming to replace all the stuff that's been holding you back. Yeah, yeah. So so the question would be is, 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 is your emotional palate clean enough that – you're, you won't have these lingering vibrations of, um, the underlying emotions that sabotage your ability to have a successful, abundant, happy life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is there, as you know, they speak in psychology of the un, the unheard children, the unheard inner children, because it's right. usually, a very young voice that that is the one that's saying, mm-hmm. but I'm still sad about the fact that, that my mother, you know, was so, had so much grief and I took on her grief and I'm, I just don't know what to do with that because I still feel so sad, you know? And so, or, you know, something else happened. Um, 
you know, I talked to a client recently who was involved in some, you know, terrible um, storm that happened when he was really, really young and, and it really had a strong impact. Mm. And so, you know, because of what went on with the whole family situation and that kind of a thing, you know, there's, there's what they call PTSD, you know, post-traumatic stress syndrome and, mm. and how, how powerful, how powerfully did some of the things that happened to us when we were very young affect us? And, you know, we, we made certain decisions at those times. And, and so the emotion is still in us and it, and it's never, it's never been resolved. It's never been felt enough to, you know, we've, we've been in denial of it because it felt scary. It felt intense. It felt maybe really angry, really fearful, really, sad, you know, and so we, we feel we, we've continually pushed that emotion down one way or the other. Um, and it was just built a habit of not, not allowing that emotion to really have its day to really be expressed in our lives. I mean, that's why mm-hmm. a lot of people go to psychiatrists and psychologists to finally say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to analyze this stuff for 10 years and <laughs> right, figure right. it out, you know, and finally get beyond it. And, um, and that's part of the so question. Would, we've, we've been discussing this question for, for quite some time now, for a few weeks now, about which is the better thing to do, or maybe it's a combination of them. Is it better to try to unearth the source of the root of whatever the thing is that's holding us back and relive it and play with it and, and talk to it and ask questions of it and so forth, or is it better to just try to write it over like this other process is doing and basically eliminate it that way? And I'm not sure there's a definitive answer on that yet, but it's, it's an interesting question. Yeah. And, and the answer that I'm getting is you, you cannot override feelings, that feelings are the vibration that you're putting out. And if it's, if the vibration's actually there until you somehow feel that feeling fully and let it fully be in your being, you will, that vibration will continue to affect everything else you try to do. Now that sounds kind of like sad and defeating because you say, well, how do I get to it? I mean, is it really there? First of all, a lot of people would say, is it really there? How, how intense is it? And I know we've done programs in the past where we say what Abraham said it is that, you know, you don't need to, you could, that everything that happens in your present day experience is going to bring up whatever those feelings are. You don't have to go dig for them, that they're going to come up around your relationship. They're going to come up around your feelings around money. They're going to come up in your health. They're going to show up in your body as, as a, uh, some kind of a physical symptom, a condition that's in your body. So that's your opportunity to, de- to deal with it. Deal with it in the present in whatever way it's showing up. And as you do that, you will allow that feeling to be felt. You know, but, cause feelings have to be felt. I mean, their feelings are there as an emotional guidance system. And, and, you know, if you believe that idea, then the, if the feelings are felt, they're going to lead you towards um, resolution. They're going to lead you towards what you want because, because you feel them. <laughs> you don't deny any of, you don't deny any of your feelings. They're all part of your guidance system. So if you're feeling tremendous anger or tremendous sadness, um, let yourself be with it, sit with it, feel it. You know, you don't have to like, you know, have throw a pity party and add more, you know, the sadness to your sadness or add more grief to your grief more anger to your anger, but notice what is, what anger is there and get in the position of the witness and, and watch that anger, feel that anger, let it be until it begins to dissipate on its own. The, the whole question that I'm dealing with is, is there divine guidance that is taking care of our lives that will arrange everything for us once we 
just let our feelings be felt because it's all a vib- we're all vibratory beings. And I know there's kind of gaps in what I'm saying for a lot of people. I'm sure it's like, well, but how does that happen? Exactly. How does that happen? Um, uh, that's what, it, that's what I'm working me. on. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and it's a good thing to be working on. I like what you're working on. I think the one gap for me is there are lots of situations where people can readily identify what, what they're feeling. And mm-hmm. it, 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 it is such a, a big deal in their lives that they don't have to spend a whole lot of time trying to figure out what it's all about. You know, you, you can get there if you take, like, take the approach you described and, you know, sit with it and explore it and so forth. You, you can, you can get to the bottom of it. But I have also experienced the other realm, which is where I can't identify even what the feeling is. I can feel that it's there. I right. can feel that it's been blocking me, but I don't even know what the darn thing feels like. It just feels like, mm-hmm. well, it's just a block. And, mm-hmm. and, I have actually tried, I mean, you're not the only one who suggested this to me. Wendy's also suggested to me a similar kind of thing. And I've tried kind of sitting with it, just feeling it and so forth. And I've done it a number of times and I don't get anywhere. I don't get anywhere doing that. So to mm-hmm. me, what this means is that there is no one way to do this. I think it's a multi-prong approach that's needed. And I, I don't have enough evidence yet to be able to prove that, but mm-hmm. I, I suspect it's a combination of feeling for it and rewriting. I think you're basically coming at it in two directions that way. And when you do that, you dissolve it faster. That That's my current working theory anyway. Well, and there's a theory that, for example, let's say you decide you're going to say affirmations. You're going to say positive things to yourself every night before you go to bed. And every morning when you wake up, you're going to read or you're going to remember uh, five basic affirmations. And you're going to say those. Well, if there's something in your subconscious, if you believe in a subconscious, that's, that's, that's in resistance to that, that, that doesn't believe what you're saying with your conscious mind, then it's going to give pushback. You know, it, you could say it's going to, it's going to say, you know, like if I'm saying to myself every night before I go to bed, I am, I am fabulously wealthy. I have, I have so much money and so much wealth that I don't ever have to feel lack in my life. I feel nothing but abundance. And I say that every night before I go to bed. And every morning when I wake up, I say it again. Well, if there's something in me that doesn't believe that, that says, that's not true. I don't feel that way. I'm still struggling. I, the other day, I couldn't even buy what I wanted to at the grocery store when I went in there. It was $6 and I wouldn't, I wasn't willing to pay it. And I really wanted to have that food, but I, it felt like it's not in my budget, you know. So if your subconscious or your your other conscious is noticing that, then it's going to there's going to be a conflict established in you, and eventually that conflict will show up in some way in your life. You know, it seems to me like it'll show up some way in my life where I feel the 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 du- the duality. I feel the split between the two parts of me. You know, one part that said I'm fabulously wealthy I'm I'm doing nothing but attracting wealth in my life and the other part that says no I'm not you know <laughs> yep. I'm poor as I'm poor as can be you know yeah. um so but that but that duality is a good thing you know that's contrast right there and then the contrast launches bigger rockets of the desire to have wealth the bigger rocket that of the desire to find resolution to my problem is around money for example and mm-hmm. so then I do get pushed to the point of having to de- to deal with the fact that how I feel about it. And then you're looking at vibration and vibration is the thing that causes transformation. So, you know, I mean, the bottom line to me is no matter how we get to it, we've got to get to vibration. 
you know, vibration has to change. And if, if vibration in us is what we finally get to it, I guess in a way it doesn't matter how we got there really. Right. Yeah. I think so, so. If, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I've heard. One thing that affirmations do is they, they push you into the reality of, you know, of how you actually feel about it. And then that, that's what you have to deal with then. How do you actually feel about wealth in your life? You know, mm. what's your bottom line, what's your bottom line vibration that you're putting out there? And, uh, can you talk yourself into a new vibration or do you need to feel your way into a new vibration? Um, or, or is it a combination? Yeah. I, mean, I think that's exactly it. And I think you're right. I think it's going to be different for every person. Every person's going to yeah. have a different experience with every single emotional vibration they're dealing with. And it changes day to day, doesn't yeah, it? I mean, I, would think, I think yeah. it's, it's a day to day thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, if all of a sudden I was handed, I, I personally believe that if all of a sudden I was handed a bunch of money, um, and let's say I feel like I need an extra, you know, a couple hundred thousand, uh, <laughs> which wouldn't be bad. You know, it's sure. like, I think I would actually change my vibration. Mm-hmm. I think that, that any vibration now they, like some will say you could be hand, you could re- win the lottery and get a million dollars. And still the thing that you was the, was this unresolved vibration in you about poverty would still be there. I mean, I have a friend who's a multi, multi-millionaire and I was talking to him one time because he was a very close friend and I asked him, you know, I mean, he was telling me, he said, you know, one reason I keep making money is because I have this fear so deeply in me that just keeps, it just gets me up at night. I'm so afraid of financial ruin. Hmm. And, and he said, and it just keeps on showing up and I just keep driving me to go make more money and to work harder and harder at making sure I, I'm making more money because I, this, this thing just says, you know, you're in trouble, you know, mm-hmm. that there's danger, you know, because then he'll look at the stock market where his money's invested or he'll look at his real estate investments and something. And there's just something in him never lets him rest around money. And right now, if someone handed me 200,000, I think I would be able to say, I'm set. I'm, I'm done for, you know, I've got it now. I mean, not, not that, I mean, on top of what I already have, that would be enough, right. you know. <laughs> and so, you know, I, everybody's different, right? Everybody has resolved or had, they even have different expectations of what they want and what they need. And, um, but it, it, to, to me, it, it's all coming down to this emotional resolution. And that's why I'm doing nothing but work around <laughs> emotional resolution in my life. And, uh, but that has to go at its own pace. And in the same way, I, I kind of feel that the things that come to us like wealth or health or relationship, they, they do come by what's actually already in our vortex. Finally, we're, we were able to open the doors to let it in. You know, that it's like Abraham said many times, you've got enough in your vortex to last you lifetimes, but can you let it in? Mm-hmm. Can you be receptive enough to receive it? So I would contend that all that you want in terms of wealth is already in your vortex, but what's stopping you from letting it come to you? I agree. And you could say it's your old beliefs, right? But you could also say it's some old feelings and some old beliefs, you know? Yeah, I don't need, actually really know what it is. I, I agree that it has to be vibrational in nature because everything that gets created is vibrational in nature. Um, but I, I still don't know what it is. And like I said, there are times when I, I can detect that I got this thing going on and I can't even associate a feeling with it. 
because I, I literally, I, maybe I'm just so disconnected from it. I'm not sure what, but for whatever reason, I can't connect to it on any level like that. And mm-hmm. that's the thing that I, and I think most people are dealing with stuff like this. Where they there's, are. There's that I one mean, thing, you know, that, there's that <laughs> feeling that deep down, I, I call it a feeling for lack of a better term, even though I can't identify what emotion necessarily is associated with it. That, that feeling, that thing, that, that experience, that, that block, whatever it is, that's deep, deep down that prevents me from totally buying into the fact that the law of attraction exists and works, even though I have seen multiple cases of evidence of it virtually every day. Um, yeah. that, that it is something that I can directly wrote a whole book about it. Yeah. Right. That, that I can directly <laughs> interact with, that I, that I can influence, that I can control in, in a sense for my own life. I can be the driver of it. I, I have all that belief on a conscious level. And yet there's that deep down level that says, oh, I don't know. I don't think that's really true. I'm not really sure about that. that you got to prove that to me. I'm not really convinced. You got, it, it's like the, it's, it's the negative voice, right? We, we talk about the negative voice from parents or teachers or whatever. It's the negative voice within that won't go away. And I don't know mm-hmm. why it won't go away. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, I, I follow what Abraham says, like you do. It doesn't go completely yeah. away. I have, I have tried the therapeutic route. It doesn't completely go away. There is mm-hmm. something else here. There is something else that we need to address, and I don't completely know what it is. That's one reason I'm trying this, this process that Dr. Kappas came up with. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. Well, I hope what it the, works. What yeah. I, I mean, do, too. It really does. And, and, I, and keep us informed about how that's going. Like, yeah, I will. Uh, oh, I will. Yeah. Interesting note yeah. about him. He was actually married to a famous person. He died in 2002. Um, his son now carries on uh, the work. His name seems familiar. He was, well, who was he married to? He was married to Florence Henderson, who played the mom in the Brady Bunch. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was her second yeah. husband. And, okay. Yeah, and, and so he's actually very well known in elite circles, if you will, you know, because uh-huh. he helped a lot of people. He's literally helped thousands Dr. of people. Kappus. Dr. John Dr. G. Kappas, yeah. Yeah, that name sounds familiar. I wonder what other books he wrote because uh, I think – He had hmm. a, a theory of the mind. I, can't, I, I think that may be what it's called, theory of the mind. But he, had, he was he was known for that that yeah. thing, and and this okay. book that he wrote was kind of like an extension of it. Um, yeah. But the book is what is the one that provides the the actual process that he developed over the years. That he said this is the one that's the most effective one that I've been able to find. In his yeah. Career. Well, I think it's the, it's getting to that thing you're talking about. So what you know, like like what is that thing in there that no matter what method we try and no matter what philosophy we adopt, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And you were even saying no matter what therapeutic approach you tried, it, it, there's still that voice. It's that, still there, yeah. That, um, it's quieter. I'll say mm-hmm. that. I mean, all this work I've been doing has has had an effect. I know yes. that for sure. It's a, yeah. it's a lot quieter. It's not nearly as strong as it was when I first discovered Law of Attraction, for instance. So yeah. the work that I've been doing has not been in vain, but it's just still there. And I'm wondering what's it going to take to just silence the darn thing so I'm no longer being blocked so I can have that abundant lifestyle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'll keep you posted as to how it goes with this feelings work because, yeah. I mean, everything I'm reading about the feelings work and, and experiencing it would indicate that's what it is. It's, it's this, it's these, um, unresolved inner voices, inner children that, um, that simply, you know, because they have such a long, history with us um they literally have become our operating system and so we we uh we don't even realize that how much they are the thing that we're that's driving us that's really like the the backbeat of our lives you know the backbone of our lives is these these uh inner feelings of 
sometimes, you know, a very sad little kid or a very angry little kid or a very angry little baby, you know, or, uh, you know, a very abandoned little baby or something, you know, just by something that happened. Um, it's really interesting in my work. I'm finding that, that the powerful effect, uh, like my, my, my mother lost two babies from my age between when I was one and four, she mm. lost two of her babies at birth. And, um, and the grief that she experienced, I believe that I took it on. Mm. Um, because as a little tiny child and your mother who you depend on for everything is totally gone in her grief, you know, just wailing and crying and so sad and so much kind of like mentally disturbed by the whole thing. She even talked about that a lot when I was six and seven, you know, how much she felt she was going to have a nervous breakdown and stuff. And I think she was just a really high strung person. And I think I took on a whole lot of that, um, trauma that she felt and the, and so I've been carrying sort of a PTSD thing myself for years. And mm. that's why so many of the things that I attempt in relationships or with my health or with money, with career, um, have been, you know, I come up short in what I really want to attain. And, and I don't think it's because I don't set proper goals or because I don't do enough affirmations or enough appreciation or enough focus wheels. I think it's because I, I need to, let these, let this stuff finally be felt that I felt at this real, at these really early ages. And, mm-hmm. but I'm like you, I, and, and I, I just was talking to a client yesterday, you know, it's like, it's some of us just don't feel, we just don't feel, you know, and, and we become numb to what our feelings really are in a certain way, or certainly to those old feelings. It's like, well, I don't know what that is. It's just something in there. There's something in there that what was, I've been really curious about that in in terms of my health, like, because I've done so many things to make sure I don't have these physical symptoms of my sinus condition and candida and and other aspects of my health. And yet some of these things just linger and they linger and they linger and they linger. And there, there are barely enough symptoms to, to throw me, throw my life off, but they certainly keep me from eating a lot of food I'd like to be eating because I got to be on a very special diet, but. I'm always curious what what what's the vibration in there, you know, that I'm. Why would that vibration be there? You know, it's like it's always this big question. Um, what, what and I that, saw it in my relationship to too. One thought Pardon? that occurs to me about um, the feeling you mentioned being disconnected, and I know I said that too of, of not feeling the feeling. Mm-hmm. One thing that Abraham teaches is that we get to choose what our feeling is. We get to choose what we're going to feel about any given instance simply by what perspective we're going to take about it. And I'm wondering, this thing that we haven't adequately labeled yet, that is deep down, that we feel like is holding us back, what if it's something we have not yet assigned a feeling to? What if we simply, because we we just have no clear sense of it yet, we don't really have a feeling for it because we have not chosen to assign one yet because we don't know what to assign to it? What if it isn't that, that we're disconnected from it? What if it's just, we just don't know it well enough to know what we feel about it? And how would you get to know it then? Like, how would I get to know what the feeling is behind why I still have uh, sinus symptoms? I don't know. I, I, that's the, that's part of the question. How do you get to know that? I mean, you mentioned uh, getting to the feeling part. That, that you, you talked uh, very passionately about how important it is to feel it. And I, and I think there's a lot to be said for what you're saying. And yet I also think about people, including myself. I went through nine months of therapy, which is small. There are people who go through years of therapy, digging out their feelings, digging them out, and they still don't get to the root of it. 
So it makes me wonder, you know, it, it, do, do they do they chip it down? Do they do they reduce it? Yeah, they do. But none of the approaches that we've talked about so far by themselves seem to eliminate that feeling, which raises the question: What does? Mm-hmm. Well, that that is the question. <laughs> <laughs> there's a I was studying this thing uh, called the emotion code, and there's a one called the emotion code and one called the body code developed by. Um, Dr. Bradley Nelson, and uh, he's he's got this worldwide organization, and he's got about four thousand people trained to work with um, his his emotion code and body code, which it's a way of um, finding out where those feelings uh, are lingering in us, where they are in the body, and then to be able to release them through he uses magnets and he uses intention and magnets and some other things and he claims, you know, that he gets and tons of testimonials of his people claim that they get incredible results from using his methods. So, and then I realize he's one of many, you know, um, out there who have their own unique way. I'm getting ready to do a training in emotional clearing, you know, to become a facilitator of emotional clearing and add that to my law of attraction coaching because but it's from somebody else entirely different, you know, a guy out of New York City. So, you know, I think there are there are tons and tons of people who are trying and creating all kinds of different ways, just like this Dr. Kappas. You know, he's got a way that he's offered. And, of course, you've got the 22 processes that Abraham, Abraham speaks offers, of. Yeah, yeah. And all of them, I mean... I've used so many different things, but I agree with you that, you know, we, it would be nice to just have something that clears the slate, clears the deck. And from then on, um, health, wealth, relationships, you know, are all just sort of, um, they flow a lot more naturally and a lot more easily. And we don't need to have a podcast seven days a week, <laughs> you know, twice a day to try to, to try to find some sense of, of ease and peace and well-being around these things. We'll just, um, we'll just find a, even if we have a solution to that, we'll find a way to keep the podcast going. We'll just find a new way to get fun, happy, right? Yeah, we'll just we'll just be happy doing it. That's all. See, I think that's the, that's the thing is that we like we like the contrast. It's like why do we keep making movies that are all about such intense uh, drama and trauma, and why do we keep having war, and why do we keep creating incredible splits in political? situations and and people fighting for the environment and against the environment and all this stuff well part of me says this is what we do in the 3d realm something about this we like <laughs> because if it wasn't exciting we wouldn't be interested in being here uh, i so, don't know so we're all born masochists a, is what you're saying yeah we're, we're all sickos <laughs> we're, all, <laughs> we're sick no it's like it's like this is where you come if you wanna if you wanna like keep playing with this uh strange game called um life and death, you know, like why do we have sickness and health? You know, like why do we have why do we have aging? You know, why do we why do we set aside the last thirty years of our life to slowly watch our bodies recycle while we're still in them? <laughs> it's like that's the biggest question I've been asking myself lately. Why am I why am I going to stay in this body that's going to recycle itself when that's not that much fun to be in a body that, oh, no, I, no, sorry, I can't walk anymore. And oh, whoops, I just fell down and broke my hip. And now I'm now I'm going to go through that one. You know, it's like I just had a friend that happened to her and it's like changed her entire life overnight, you know, breaking her hip. And, and she was. 
and yet there's, there's the part of me, and I think there's a part of you too that says, you know what, that doesn't have to be that way. That's why we we study this stuff. That's that's why we're so interested in getting to the root of it because deep down, I really believe that we don't have to live that way. We don't have to be in constant decline the last part of our life and basically our body recycling before our eyes. We don't have to live it that way because <laughs> there are lots well, of ways. We, we see lots of different things that happen, and we see people who that we know for, for a fact. Yeah. There are people who live you know into their 90s, into their 100s, who are perfectly healthy, and then they just drop totally. dead one day. They don't go through the decline. They don't go through well, the Well, not the, the same, and, and they have an attitude. Yeah, that's different, really different attitude, you know, and yeah. they, for some reason, they're the ones that have been able to stay up on the trail and they keep hiking, even though they're 75 and 80 and 85, they're, they're going and they're, they're doing their best, you know, and, and yet, you know, I'm finding in my realm of influence that they're the rare exceptions, you know, the people that do do that. But I agree with you that I don't want to do anything but have that attitude that, no, I, I ain't, I ain't breaking my hip and I ain't get, you know, having this happen to me and that happened to me that's happened to this friend of mine and that friend of mine and that friend of mine. But, you know, I, and, and, you know, Abraham would say, but there's no, but, you know, you just, you just make that choice. You just keep deciding day in and day out that, that you are, you know, strong and you're healthy and you're, you're, you love your life and you're eating right. And that's it. You know, and I'm with Sean Aker on this one because Sean says, Yes, they're the exceptions, but they're the ones that are interesting to study. He wants to study the outlier. He wants to study the ones who don't fit the norm at all, because if he can understand what makes them tick as an outlier, he can bring the whole norm up to that new normal level. So mm -hmm. I think there's a so, lot of value in studying those people. Yeah, they may be the exception, but great. That that means they're yeah. the right ones to study. <laughs> it's the leading edge, yeah. For exactly, sure. yeah. We got about uh, uh, two minutes left before we have to sign off here. Before we sign off, I wanted to give you a chance to promote your coaching service a little bit because you're a pretty darn good coach. How does somebody reach out to you in case they need a little private consultation? Uh, they can go to my website, which is called youarejoy.com, and it's the words you are joy, y o u a r e j o y dot com. And on there, there's a free one half hour coaching session that I offer that they can simply fill out a form and uh, sign up for it. It's just follow the, follow the direction. And it's so anyway, yeah, that's how they get to check out what it's like to do coaching with me. If you're interested, I would love to work with you. Sounds great. Do you, do you, you also offer a, an introductory session, don't you? That's what that free half hour Oh, that's what is. that is. Oh, okay. That's the introductory session. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. Although yesterday somebody did it and I gave them, I gave them an hour and 15 minutes because I was just into their talking to them. So mm -hmm. it might be more than a half hour, just however it unfolds. It depends us. on, yeah, how it's affecting you. Yeah. I'm, I'm into this. If Let's I have talk the time. If too. you have the time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Sure. Yeah. No, that makes yeah. sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. No, I really enjoy coaching and that's why I, I, I'm happy to give however much time it takes. Right, right. That's great. Well, listen, this has been good discussion. I'm sure we'll continue it going forward, but I think we've really gotten to the nub of the issue, and that is what do you do with that thing down there, whatever we're going to call it. So you know, <laughs> we'll just have to keep plugging away at it, and we'll we'll find a solution. I mean, maybe through the outliers. Who knows? But we'll find it, and I look forward maybe, to carrying on the conversation. Unfolding. Maybe it's unfolding. Maybe it's unfolding right now. Well, actually, I think it probably is. Yeah. So I think so. This I gives think us so. a good point for conversation. Tom, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, Walt. All righty. Yeah, we'll Take see. We'll see you all next time as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Mm -hmm.